What's 85 plus 25? <sighs> 105? Yes. Wow. Hold up. 85 plus 25. I will say 97. What is 85 plus 25? Oh my gosh. <laughs> 85 plus 25? Yep. Um, 5, 5, 10, 8, 5, 6, uh, 60. 60, good job. I need more. Well, our future definitely doesn't look bright. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zerkadowski here of WeAreChange.org, and we have a packed house for you guys here today as we have some really incredible people in the house as we are going to be discussing a lot of very important news developments that are happening right now as of course we got a surprise announcement by a U.S. senator that literally is trying to draft illegal migrants into the U.S. military. Funding from Ukraine is being cut out as we also will be talking about the Grand Theft Auto trailer, ancestral graffiti, art, mythology, advanced civilizations, plus a lot more, all here for the next two hours on thebestpoliticalshow.com. Don't forget to share this broadcast with your friends and family members. The conversation is definitely going to get spicy one hour into the conversation, as, of course, you could also participate in it by going to LukeUnfiltered.com, signing up as a member. You, as a member, get to call in and ask us any questions you want in the spur of a moment. Unfiltered questions, unscreened questions, show us, ask us what you want, as the calls will be going in specifically at 8.30. Another way to contribute and be a part of this conversation is by going to mysuperchat.com as of course we're going to be making sure that we read all of your support all of your donations all of your questions all of your comments will be read here whether they are youtube chants whether they are rumble rants and of course whether they are on mysuperchat.com as of course you guys play a very key important role in this conversation and joining us for this really Interesting conversation that is going to be going off in many different directions is the one and only Mir One. Mir One, for the people who don't know you, who are you? I'm a graffiti artist, traditionally from Los Angeles, uh, California. Um, I've been uh, exploring different realms with my art, and I've currently come into my new phase I call metaphysical surrealist. I'm a metaphysical surrealism. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. I am Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. I am a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent sure that those people are idiots, and we're in a lot of a lot of danger. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually just in Connecticut, gave a speech there, and uh, I am thrilled to be back. I missed you guys. What's up, Steph? Hey, everyone. I'm Steph. You can find me at Steph We Are Change on Instagram. I'm very excited to get into this conversation. Luke brought me to the Bitcoin conference and showed me your art, and I loved it. I saw one of these really big posters with lots of different politicians and things. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited to meet you and to be able to share this conversation together. And you put me under Bill Gates's butt. We'll talk about that, <laughs> plus a lot more all here on this broadcast, as, of course, Clint is going to be taking over next week. This week, we have some really awesome guests joining us we got Josie the outlaw coming on tomorrow we got Vinny from Patrick Bat David's Valuetainment coming on Wednesday and then the following week Clint is taken over and then I am doing a very big show in New Hampshire with some very special people and then the following week we're doing a really huge incredible show with the Beanie Man 
Charlie Kirk, and Tucker Carlson, along with myself and the rest of the Tim Crest crew, as we're going to be doing a live show from the TPUSA Summit that's coming up in two weeks from now. So stay tuned for that, plus a lot more. As, of course, there's a lot of different news to jump into today. Oh undocumented migrants to come across the border and it has escalated to the point that it's millions sometimes you know five plus million per year uh and yeah if you can't get and but simultaneously they've also wokeified the military and and totally demasculated like all of the young men in this country so none of them want to enlist in the government anyways they don't have much allegiance to this nation they don't want to fight for this country and i don't blame them and i would actually encourage them not to enlist and then simultaneously you have all of these migrants that are coming across and they're like well Here's our solution. So they create both the problem on both sides, and then they fix it by slamming it together. And then uh, it leads to a, a bigger problem, which is a wider multi-front world war, which is my deepest concern. Mm. Yeah. Sorry if I scared you. <laughs> you know. Wow. Clint, like, Clint has a way of scaring people, but it's okay. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's amazing. Watch, paying attention every day. It's get, the image is getting clearer. The confusion. It's like for many years... Watching, living in Los Angeles myself and watching the homeless population just explode incredibly and see the politicians run their campaigns on, we're going to take care of the homeless, vote for me, and see th th these things transpire. And uh, politician after politician ignores the problem and it continues to get worse. And it, for so long I've been wondering, well, why, why, why are we doing this? Because it's, it's, it's like... People in other countries should know not to come here. There's no food, there's no jobs, and there's no housing. And um, it's already backbreaking on the people that are there, let alone the good people that serve their time in this country that are now homeless because of the past few years. So it all like gets to be like this washing machine in your head of like, what is going on? But then putting in perspective with this this bigger picture of what's coming starts to make it sense. starts to make sense and that's that's just wow yeah well it, I, I mean history has a way of of repeating a lot of people say rhyming but hmm. history does tell the tales of a lot of people civilizations that are rising challenging the current status quo fighting each other it's called the tacitus traps it happens a lot more than it doesn't and you, you see this when it happened with the spanish and the portuguese uh the, the spanish and of course the french the french and the british it and all these empires the ancient greeks even. exactly it goes yeah. way back exactly so you always see one kind of superpower taking over another superpower as uh, a lot of people now point to china that henry kissinger and the globalists kind of opened up to the rest of the world as this other kind Kind of emerging power on the world stage along with the BRICS nations that are challenging the U.S. petrodollar. So is there going to be, are the, the elites, are the real kind of puppeteers of this country seeing, hey, there's going to be a war here. We got to have as many people as we can because Russia is also dealing with very significant population crashes. They're telling their 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 uh, their populations, "Hey, try to have at least six children." That's literally some of the messaging coming from the Russian government right now to their people. And uh, when you kind of look at it, there is going to be a major problem when it comes to. Um, population crash. A lot of people believe that we have too many people in this world. The exact opposite is true, according to many scientists that dare to question the official narrative of a lot of this. And it does make sense as when you look at the replacement numbers, they're going down dramatically. The, the, the amount of people in this world, in the Western world, are going down dramatically. And if you kind of want to sustain and survive, you have to create a policy where your people are having children. 
In America, no one's really having children. In China, they have specific freaking, uh, we, we're, on, we're on still on YouTube, but they have specific uh, machines that do certain things that extract the love juice away from the, the Chinese men. And, and, and the Chinese government is literally tracking and databasing women's cycles in Beijing with artificial intelligence and advanced data harvesting that is very complicated, but also highlights a larger population crash for China, which is going to be happening because of the one-child policy that they've been through. So when, when you look at all of this, is this the politicians, the puppeteers trying to actually take care of America? Well, automatically, I'm like, no, they don't give a damn about America. Um, is this a, a way to replace the local population? Is this an attack on Western civilization? I don't know how you see it, but Mir, you spend a lot of time in California. You see a lot of this stuff firsthand. I don't know if you want to share some of your experiences or your theories here, but it definitely is, is concerning either way you look at it. Well, California was once one of the most beautiful places to live. I mean, rock and roll, hip-hop, surfing, skating, culture, graffiti. Women. Men, women, <laughs> animals, you know, wildlife. I mean, whatever you can imagine. Um, it was a paradise, and it has been completely turned upside down, inverted into kind of just a, a, a mad farm, you know, of, of crazy people. And... Um, you know, you, you pay attention to society around you and everything is feeding into more of the chaos and creating an obsolete situation for for everyone. Um, what, what blows my mind is that you have kind of these scions of progressivism that, that have presided over this collapse, right? Yeah. Like these are the people that give all of the same talking points of the modern Democrat Party when it comes to income inequality. There is no worse income inequality than in California and New York. That is where you have the uber wealthy and then basically just just terrible poverty. That's very, very widespread, as you've seen with the homelessness crisis, which has escalated. Just one, one point I wanted to add to what Luke was saying about the population decline that's happening in Russia. It's also happening here. You have to have a 2.1 uh, you know, per family replacement to try and even keep up with uh, so you don't actually have a, a population implosion. But simultaneously, Russia just yesterday, Vladimir Putin ordered up another six figure additional troop count. So he is preparing, even though that war in Ukraine is winding down, it seems that he's preparing for a much larger war, which should give us all pause. And I, I don't even say this to fear. Yeah, I, I, think he, I think concerned. he mobilized, what was that, 170,000 yes. uh, additional troops to the region? Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's enormous. And keep in mind, they are already mobilized to a level that they have not been in many decades. So they are already at very high numbers of active troops and now grizzled veterans that have been fighting the Ukrainians for multiple years. If you're going to add another 170,000, well, people need to be asking what for. And I think that the answer is that Putin has no interest, contrary to the propaganda we've been receiving, of rolling across Europe. That's just utter nonsense. But he he suspects that there is going to be a wider war. And, and my personal opinion is that it's going to surround Iran. And I think that the Russians are preparing to intervene on their behalf. I think that China may as well. And if that's the case, it is World War III legitimately. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the southern portion of Russia, they are becoming more and more kind of influential. If you look at the kind of Dagestani influence, the kind of Muslim influence. Kazakhstan. In the Kazakhstan, yeah. they're also having a, a larger impact on Russian politics. And whether the politicians in Moscow like it or not, that's the new kind of demographic of, of Russia. Even Dana 
White came out and said, hey, it could be a bunch of Dagestanis that are going to come here and destroy the, the soy boy effeminate males that we have here oh, yeah. that, of course, wouldn't be able to defend themselves against a, a group of men who say, hey, now this is ours. And that's the reality of the world that I think that I think a lot of people kind of fail to, to kind of understand here, because what's going to be the future uh, in, in Russia? I mean. History always tells a very interesting tale with Russia. They always kind of start off their wars in a very horrible way. They always lose a lot of resources. They lose a lot of men. But specifically when it comes to, you know, things like the the 1930s and the 1940s, more specifically, whenever the Russian war war machine gets mobilized, it is extremely difficult to stop. It is something that, of course, ramps up and steamrolls through their enemies in a very effective way. So... that 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 history right there is a little troublesome, especially with now the more mass mobilization of the troops there. And I would kind of say, Clint, I would even disagree a little bit. I would say, hey, Russia's in, in a position where, OK, we just took uh, a big portion of Ukraine. Why not take another big portion of another country or another region? Georgia looks appetizing. Lithuania looks appetizing there. Poland's on the border there, even though they're a NATO state. But the blinds have been blurred as NATO has been directly participating in this war against Russia. So I think anything and everything is plausible. And uh, with the way that Russia is preparing itself to be the number one kind of nuclear prepared country in the world, Hey, I w- it, it, this could not be good for everyone. Yeah, man, it's really interesting to think about Russia in all this context too. Historically, um, I've been doing deep dives into the histor- historic narrative and just um, the alternative histories, and and also the ones that are right there in ancient books like the Bible and and whatnot. But Russia has had a a well, Russia has been the the object of European hatred for a very, very long time. And it goes way, way back to, you know, pre-Khazarian Empire, um, Iranian Empire. Um, I mean, literally goes back to ancient Greek and Mesopotamian times. Yeah, the Mongolians, where, Napoleon as well. There's so there's much history so there. It's much crazy. hatred for what the Russians have done to the Middle East or to the Europe. Or to Europe. And, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, Napoleon... From from all of the Europeans, um, great emperors and whatnot, they've all had this this hell bent hatred of Russia the whole time, and I kind of feel like it's be- well. One of the reasons why is because they have some of the greatest food growing land in the world, right? These these massive uh, the Siberian plains, I, I believe. Yeah, a lot of very rich, extremely rich natural resources, a lot of energy resources. Europe has nothing, really. Exactly. It's a barren, you know, it's like the, what do they call it, the West Coast of Asia? Exactly. And they were were dependent on on cooperation and business deals with Russia until, of course, the United States, NATO, and other countries got involved and then blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. As, of course, now, today, during the COP28 meetings that are happening right now in Dubai, they just announced a partnership with Ukraine for sustainable renewable energy because there's nothing sustainable and renewable by blowing up a gas pipeline that literally <laughs> created the worst ecological disaster in almost all of recorded human history that literally let out so much methane and gas into the environment. Yep. You would think that all these environmental stop oil leftist freaks would be freaking out. They're not. They're like, yes, we have to support the war in Ukraine no matter what the cause, no matter what the sacrifice, which is absolutely bewildering as you look at the military-industrial complex, that is the number one polluter on the world stage. If, you, if we're going to be playing by their rules, they're supporting and propping up the pollution and the destruction of our, of our environment and population, which we should actually be caring about. But 
it's it's so complicated. It's so convoluted. As of course, our food supply is being poisoned. Our water supply is being poisoned. Our air is being poisoned in so many different ways. And the, the, you just add that to the levels of hypocrisy. You add that to the levels of natural human disaster in this world. And all of it, when you compound it, it you just kind of look at it and like, holy cow, everything's just filled with crap. Is this a coup? Yes. Yes. <laughs> on multiple on multiple levels. Well, it goes back to what Mir was saying earlier. It's like it's like even the activists are really reading a script. They don't know it. Mm. It's a it's a propagandistic led pathway that's just put out in front of them and then they dutifully follow through with it. But Luke's exactly right. Like it was the Nord Stream pipeline that was blown up. It, it now appears that it was the Ukrainians that were responsible. Undoubtedly, they were given the permission by the, the CIA to, to allow that to happen. There's no way they would have continued to fund their war if they were actually upset that they had done it. So the fact that they gave them billions of dollars afterwards tells you everything you need to know, does it not? So, uh, yeah, these activists don't care. They don't protest things like that because they're not told to. Because the TV and whatever of their favorite talking head is doesn't come on screen and tell them, we're upset about this. They're like, Let's go back to the Louvre and throw oil at some painting, some yeah, priceless yeah, yeah. work of art. But, but Clint, you know what better way uh, to, to help everyone uh, than just by, <laughs> I knew that would have by, by gluing your hand to uh, to priceless uh, pieces of art, right? Right, Mir. Oh, That's a great so way painful. of activism, right? I can't believe like where is the audience? Like if I was standing there and I saw those kids do that, oh, I yeah. would do the same thing to those kids. <laughs> yes. I'd be like, yo, give me that hammer. Check this out. <laughs> Wham! You like that? You Figuratively, he means. Figuratively, he means. Uh, yes, uh, it, it is really, it is really heartbreaking that people oh. are are that ideologically possessed that they would see i mean this is this is like human history one of the like the apexes it's, of it's our smuggerance. creative capacity and they're just like <laughs> i'm going to destroy this because i've been psyoped into thinking that the world's going to end in 8 years or whatever their the, latest they're so smug it's yes. so nauseating to deal with this crowd of people because they're they're just so disgusting and, they, and if we would listen to them yeah if yeah. we would listen to them we would create so much havoc and destruction on yeah. this world some of the poorest people would become so indebted so screwed over because if you look at you know energy you look at oil it is directly correlated with human prosperity and the mm -hmm. ability of human beings to be able to actually be financially prosperous, which is correlated with also uh, actual freedom. So this whole movement, it's like a psyop within a psyop, as these people are literally trying to convince themselves, literally going to the powers that be saying, hey, take more of our money, take more of our resources, destroy every little life that I have left mm. in me, take full control of everything, big daddy government, and it's pathetic. It's absolutely crazy because these people literally think they're fighting for you know humanity's existence when in reality they're, they're praying and, and being activists for humanity's enslavement. Exactly mm. right. Yeah. I mean, they... they you're not, he's not exaggerating. They're literally begging the government to take away our vehicles. The one, the one thing that gives us the capacity to flee if things get really bad. They also want to limit the amount of air travel that we're allowed to utilize. So if you have to leave the country, well, maybe you're not permitted because your carbon emissions have been too much this year. I mean, it's like it's so obvious the trap that's being laid, but it's being laid by people that think that they have the best intentions of humanity on their side. That's mm. what's so heartbreaking about it. Is like I don't even think these people for the most most part 
are bad people. They're just so screwed up mentally that they can't even like. I wouldn't trust them around me, but I don't. I also don't want to hate them. If that makes any sense. They're just desperate for direction. Yes. You know, they, totally they're, purposeless they're, people that have been yeah. led astray. And it's the education system that has taught them nonsense for so long. It's, they've they've taught them this uh, rainbow philosophy and uh, all this stuff that is is not the correct version of the of the true rainbow philosophy. Mm. Like I remember when the Native American movement used the rainbow symbol and the hippies used it as a as a symbol of resistance to this system and now it's the system has co-opted it and convinced everyone to follow along with the you know with this planned obsolescence basically that's a beautiful point it, the the rainbow flag was supposed to represent like an inclusion of all of mankind, and now yes. it's this very exclusionary. Exclusionary. Where, where if you don't kneel to this flag that is about inclusion, you're then you're excluded. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we'll take everything away from you and leave you yes. homeless on the street. And by the way, you're hungry. not able to have a job anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and all your social media accounts have been deleted. Yeah, and you're canceled, and your whole life is ruined, and everyone hates you. <laughs> Goodbye. You're kicked out of society from our social credit score-like system that we, of course, implemented here in the United States, very similarly to what they implemented in China. But in China, people even argue that it's for the benefit of, of keeping social order here. I think it's particularly meant to create and sow chaos and division within our society that many powerful people, of course, play on and benefit off of. Because when we're fighting each other, we're not really looking at the true source of our problem as we see our fellow man as the problem here. Oh, it's 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 the it's the immigrant here or or it's the guy who's a different race than me or a different gender than me or a different age than me or a different community than me. Anything they do to to just be able to separate us, put us aside and say, "Yeah, fight." Now, there are a lot of people who are just so emotionally involved that they're like, "Yes, let's fight no matter what." Uh, we got some super chats, one from I'm not your buddy guy saying service guarantees citizenship. Stop woke voting. That's an interesting idea. Another uh, super chat here by I'm not your buddy guy saying NATO effed up by expanding past East Berlin. And I, I think it's fair to say when you look at the the larger uh, geopolitical moves made by the United States foreign policy, um, State Department intelligence run apparatus, it is a policy that isn't advantageous for America, America's interests, or the American people. It is absolutely, I would argue, the exact opposite of that, as this woke neoconservative doctrine is just absolutely sociopathic. It is absolutely in insane to the point where it doesn't make any sense at all unless you see this as a way to deliberately shoot America in the foot and destroy any kind of semblance of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we used to have that we no longer have. We only have the illusion of, some people would argue we always had this illusion of, but uh, I, I think it's fair to, to argue here and, and to make this larger context that America is being sabotaged from within, from inside, to deliberately make it as worst and as possible as uh, people could make it. Also, um, just one last thing. If you guys have Wi-Fi connected to your phones, try to turn it off because we're dealing with some network issues. Mir, you're okay. I think you haven't been connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh. Uh, but uh, we're having some Wi-Fi issues now, too. So, yeah. Jeez. Tech issues within <laughs> tech issues, but uh, we're uh, we're figuring it all out. I, I reached out to Rumble. They contacted I contacted them, and they fixed every everything right away. So wow. everything's working. Nice. Everything's everything's fine. But that's my comments. What do you guys think about the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's also quite clear to me that 
that we are not being led by leaders that have the American people or our nation more broadly's interest at heart when they create their master plans. It, uh, if you if you are interested in the survival of America, not even the empire, but just America itself, your priority would be to get our budget in line, to have a military that is capable of defending ourselves, and to have a currency that is stable. They're not doing any of those three things. Um, and to Luke's broader point, I think that the whole reason that the NATO alliance was so powerful, and, and as that commenter said, why it was such a catastrophe to move past East Berlin in the expansion of NATO, the reason that those nations acquiesced to that, the reason that they wanted to be me members of NATO is, one, obviously they have a lot of bad history with Russia. That's totally legitimate. I'm not going to downplay that. But the main reason that they wanted to be aligned with the American empire was not necessarily about our military might, but the, the power of the U.S. dollar. And if that ends, which it appears that it will in our lifetimes, if not relatively soon, well, then many of these nations are going to be reassessing that, that equilibrium. Do we want to be aligned with the American empire, which is in decline, or do we want to be aligned with the BRICS empire, which is in, in, uh, you know, in its rising state? I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I think they're going to have to really reconsider that, though. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about what you were saying about, you know, the, the condition of Americans, um, you know, after watching what happened in Lahaina and watching what's happened around uh, the country with all of our disasters. It's like the the survival program that everyone should be getting hip to at this point is independence and critical thinking, thinking for themselves and not waiting for the the parental system to fix their problems any longer. That's like everyone should already know that that's dead and over and gone, that right. we've moved on from that reality. And it's sad because, um, you know, what is America? Is it like 800 million, 900, how many? Oh, people? Yeah. No, 350. 350 million in yeah. America? Okay. Well, Documented. Yes. Okay. The, the undocumented. Well, maybe 400. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, for some reason, I thought we might more than that. But, yeah, you know, it's like uh, the majority of these people – do not think for themselves and they're just waiting clearly like, waiting for the mail to show up with direction or waiting for the, yeah. you know, the, the channel to tell them or but, whatever but or some is. politician to come in and try to fix everything for them because you know voting once every four years really does everything for you and really solves all your problems said no yeah. one yeah. paying yeah. attention to the actual <laughs> problems that we're dealing with I, I and, think, and and you made a very good point people need to really take personal responsibility upon themselves and their actions yeah. and what they do every single day and understand that they're only responsible for themselves and no one else and until we do that and until we stop this larger illusion of, of this voting uh kind of ritual every four years i think then and only then could we really face the real problems and consequences in society and actually fix them yeah, yeah wake well, up to the true danger that we're actually all living in it's yeah. like uh exactly. and i feel like a lot of us have maybe looking back have been there you know we've all had our own points of awakening of points where we've said wow like oh look what's going on here i feel like we have to give a chance a lot of these events that are occurring right now are to give a chance for that the whole populace the whole collective consciousness can start to wake up to like we've been on this path for a really long time and we are continuing to help other people get to where we were once you know i think that it's important to remember that we're all a team here and some people wake up at different times and it's we've all been there where we can remember where like whatever it was for you that woke you up like for me it was gmos that was the thing that got me all into getting my own gold and silver listening to alex jones all of that there's always like something and maybe yeah. there's different points where you find that you will wake up and go even deeper into that awakening and i feel like we should remember that 
it's it's a process. Yeah, uh, you're obviously you're right, but I, I think that you know we all have been offered a a, a bounty of catalysts to uh, start that path over the past few years. So I'm getting to the point where I don't trust. Like you said, that we're all on the same team. Uh, respectfully, I disagree. I don't. I do not believe that every the team of the human race. I'm saying we're all human beings. We're all part of this. Yeah, grand. I, I have. I have love for place. all my all my, every human being on earth. I have love for. But the reality is this: they are not going to help me get to where I need to go. So, are they on my team? If that's the case, if they're dragging me off a cliff and I and I kick their hand off my ankle, am I their enemy or am I trying to save myself because I realize that they're These going the wrong direction? These are good questions, and well, I, I encourage everyone to of, reflect. That's also yeah. in a little bit of context too. You know, um, we're all pitted against each other right now, and yeah. so it's I don't like hard it. to see <laughs> that we're on each other's side when we're pitted against each other. Right. But when this world is suddenly faced with something else, and we have so much strange stuff going on right now that we can't really get a full grab on we might see some of the people that we do don't find uh, a fond friendship with suddenly being like the most important person in the world to us based on maybe a tsunami brought us together yeah who knows or a conflict in the middle east that is now converging voices with destiny and ben shapiro being in the same (laughs) pod of political expression radiation it's getting me let me in please (laughs) destiny you're welcome in my bunker even though you led us towards world war three you should listen to me come in my children so there's also other news reports coming in of a potential uh deal that could be made between russia and um, Ukraine, as we have some reporting from Simon Hirsch, he's been uh, releasing a lot of very interesting information around a lot of recent military industrial complex developments all around the world. But now he's reporting that there is a truce, that there is a peace deal that is being negotiated between Ukraine and Russia secretly behind the scenes that will now allow Russia to have four new additional regions to their country. Those regions are, of course, all along the southeast portion of Ukraine, centered around the land bridge for Crimea. Russia also allegedly will get security guarantees for Crimea. Ukraine will get the ability to allegedly join NATO as long as NATO troops are not stationed on its territory. And Ukraine also gets to regain their territory and control of Odessa and have access to the Black Sea. So that's allegedly part of the negotiations that are happening right now is, of course, Elon Musk even came out and talked about this many months ago, which he was viciously attacked for. And it looks like this is a deal that is somewhat reasonable, even though Ukraine is going to lose a significant amount of territory, as it's important to note here that they still don't have full control of the Kherson and Zaporozhye region themselves. Uh, the Donetsk and Luhansk region have been in separatist territories for a long time, but I, I think it also goes after the main interest of Russia, which is Crimea. It's access to the Black Sea, it's access to an open, w- warm ocean port, that uh, a seaport that, of course, allows them to have more mobility and more of a presence in that particular region. Is this a peace deal that you guys think is reasonable or do you guys think it's unreasonable? It's beyond reasonable. It's a, it's actually what it's <clears throat> it's approximately what was the uh, the tentative agreement in March of 2021. No, 2. Uh it's very frustrating that so many, you know, otherwise alive people had to perish to get us here. Uh, but the reality is, yeah, Ukraine's going to lose some landmass, and and they've already lost 
uh, an entire generation of young men. Uh, it just it was all avoidable. And Boris Johnson and our State Department has a tremendous amount of blood on their hands. And I, I don't think that they should be forgiven. And I don't think the the American people or the people of the, the world should let that go. I mean, it's absolutely catastrophic. And this is not to obfuscate or or give a, a clean bill of health to Vladimir Putin. He's responsible for for dropping bombs on these people, too. Um, but it's just it's just heartbreaking that it was clearly avoidable. And if not for the U.S. State Department, it almost certainly wouldn't have happened. Have you guys ever checked out uh, the Crimean War, <clears throat> the old the old Crimean War? I believe in the seventeen hundreds or the eighteen hundreds. No, 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 no. I heard about it's, it a little it's bit. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, this is nothing new. What's going on currently? I believe it was uh, France and uh, was it France and Turkey possibly that were fighting Russia over Crimea with. Uh, the Ottoman Empire. It, I, I forget the specifics about it, but that sounds right based off all of, of era. The, this war that's going on there is more than hundreds of years old, and it goes back so far. I was mentioning earlier how Napoleon was was invading Russia, and you know, like it goes back so far, and um, it, it really gets down into some other politics that we don't really have in our history books. Mm-hmm. You know, like. These, these bloodlines, these families, these royal historic are you families. A, are you a Sam Tripoli listener? No. Okay. He, he, sure he on Tinfoil Hat, yeah, I listen to him. He's a buddy of mine now. Um, yeah, the Kazarian bloodline is like something he talks about a lot. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff he covers is pretty woo-woo, so I didn't know if it's legit or not, but it sounds like you're confirming. Well, that, that whole area up there is so fascinating. You know, that was the Silk Road, which was the connection between China and Europe. Right. Of, tr- of international trade, a lot of people look at like the Great Wall of China is this was a super highway. It wasn't like a, a military fortification for necessarily China against Mongolia. It was a uh, it was a super highway that had these mastabas built all along it, like these 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 kind of um, chamber esque uh, points between the wall, and and travelers would go along these the, the wall and spend the night in these, and the guards that were there would lock them up, and these were the goods. And so, throughout the day, all these doors would be open, and there'd be trade moving along this this walled system. So it was a defensible exchange route, and and so it's like a highly advanced technological kind of uh, historic history that has been removed from our narrative and our history books that we don't really know about. And um, I think there's a lot of examples of that. And there, you know, like a lot of people are unaware that Siberia is not just a barren territory of trees and uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, the, the, the tundra tundra thank you yes thank you and um that the, the an event happened there hundreds of years ago and one of the events was the tunguska event which was a large meteorite that it had an airburst explosion and destroyed hundreds of miles of forest and changed the environment and i believe even the magnetism of our earth it was so powerful was that, that that was just a couple decades ago wasn't it no no the tunguska event i believe was in the 1800s oh, okay i'm thinking of there was another one that happened over siberia that blew up in the air oh yeah just, well that was yeah that was the chelabinsk Chela- okay, that, that just happened right. a few years ago too yeah, it blew yeah. out all the windows right, and it was right, brighter right. than the sun yeah. and 
Yeah, so was, but it was actually on video. It was wild. Yeah, that was amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I want to get into that. I want to get into ancient civilizations. I want to get into all that other stuff. As of course, we have a lot of other articles. One from the Daily Mail talking about how Putin will use a nuclear weapon. Ooh. There's another article oh, no. talking Super about. Sonic. Yeah, there's a, there's another article talking about how uh, Putin responded to someone by saying, "quote I don't have a bad day because I'm not a woman." Allegedly, <laughs> this is what he said. <laughs> We're going to be discussing that Base. plus a lot. More oh. as well as playing the latest GTA trailer that looks like it has just been leaked on rumble.com forward slash we are change. We are making sure that there's going to be no technical difficulties, no more problems. We're working very well right now. Everything's going off very swimmingly, as of course I was able to fix all the leaks happening in this live stream, and uh, everything right now is working great. So we're going to be transitioning this conversation into a less family-friendly conversation that is going to be happening right now on Rumble.com. To find us, all you have to do is literally just go to Rumble.com. You could also just go to Rumble.com forward slash we are change, and you could see us there, or just the main website, Rumble.com, as of course they are Featuring us very prominently right here on the front page as we are one of the first videos there recommended to everyone. Rumble, again, is doing a lot of really awesome, incredible things when it comes to fighting for free speech. And this is why we are transitioning this conversation over to a free speech platform where we get to fully unleash and get into all the nitty gritty, get down the rabbit hole and get down into some really crazy, interesting conversations about art, about civilization, about controversial theories that we could only have on Rumble. So if you haven't signed up to Rumble yet, sign up and subscribe. Click the notification button. You could also get the application on your phone. And when you do, we greatly appreciate it because it's more imperative than ever that we vote with our attention, with our clicks. Where we go, where we put our energy and thoughts into is incredibly important. And sadly, on this particular platform on YouTube, a lot of speech is censored. A lot of speech is limited. A lot of conversations are hindered because we can't fully get into it because YouTube doesn't like some news reports, doesn't like some opinions that believe that you guys don't have discernment enough to, of course, figure out what is true and not true yourself. That's a very limiting belief. It's a very childish belief. We don't believe in that. We believe in free speech. You believe in it too. Go to rumble.com right now. Before we leave YouTube, Mir, where can people find the amazing artwork that you do? Um, right now, my website is in, uh, we're rebuilding it, but it's mirror1.com. Um, I, I'm also on all the social medias, uh, Twitter uh, or X, uh, Mir1, <clears throat> at Mir1, and uh, Instagram is uh, Mir underscore one. And, uh, you know, you never know. It might be on your street corner or your local freeway or your, uh, you know, side well, of something. Well, well, the art that you do is extremely <laughs> inspirational. It's extremely uh, just incredible. We're going to show, I think, some of the art that you do because it, cool. it really is. It, it, it's not just thought-provoking, but it's like matrix-breaking, I would say. Uh, but uh, we're going to go into that because I know you've been accused of a lot of horrible things by the media establishment oh, yeah. for your art. So uh, we're going to get into that plus a lot more. Clint, where, pe where, where can people find you? Well, before I uh, before I tell you guys where to follow me, uh, when your show in Miami begins when, runs till when? Yeah, when's Wednesday, 11 a.m. at the Museum of Graffiti, December 6th in Miami here oh, during yeah. the Art Basel Worldwide Art Show. It's a, it's a great event, and his art is phenomenal. Make sure you guys come and check him out. I am at Liberty Lockpod on X. Make sure you follow me. Just hit 113,000. Thank you guys for the support. 
uh, YouTube, Rumble, Liberty Lockdown, and I also do a show called Tower Gang. But I'm most proud to be the co-host of this fine program. Make sure you subscribe. Steph. I am Steph at We Are Change on Insta. Go find me. All right, we're heading over. I'm, I'm uh, really dying to see this GTA trailer. We're going to look at that, <laughs> plus a lot more. Talk about art, talk about culture, all on rumble.com. See you there. As of course, now there's a little bit of a delay, but I think we should just get right into it. As of course, a lot of people right now on social media are talking about this trailer, and it looks like it is a real trailer that just came out one hour ago and already has 3.7 million upvotes. <laughs> Holy freaking cow. <laughs> I refreshed it 1.3 million views in one hour just on YouTube. It is a minute, 30 seconds. Here is the trailer for the new Grand Theft Auto video game. Lucia, do you know why you're here? Bad luck, I guess. through this is by sticking together, being a team. Trust? Trust. reaction is i am super excited <laughs> for too. that i really hope it is not woke trash i really hope they don't cow down to the esg black rock social credit <laughs> score system because the trailer gave us a beautiful unfiltered natural look of florida of florida man it had the vibes it had the essence of Hell the yeah. true renaissance that is taking place in this beautiful <laughs> state showing its greatest glories of total freedom of driving like a lunatic on interstate 95 of checking out all the hipster places here in brickle and in what's that other neighborhood that everyone's in right now Winwood. 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 Oh, yeah. And and uh, no, it just it just looked like a, an incredible trailer. The GTA games are always a kind of cultural phenomenon where they really do truly represent uh, a, a lot of people just finally letting loose, being able to be free and do whatever they want in this kind of make believe world. And to have this to come back to Miami, Florida, which it looks like it's taking place in, is uh, something that uh, is going to be very reminiscent and important for me since I love this state. I I love being here, and it definitely did highlight a lot of the kind of uh, crazy, beautiful things that a lot of people in Florida here share and, and are a part of every single day. This magic, this kind of country hick aspect, this celebratory <laughs> lifestyle, this 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 
some people would say hoification, <laughs> the, the beautiful, the bad, the good, the ugly, all of that compressed into extremes examples here in the great state of Florida. Are you guys as excited as I am? Yeah, dude. Woo! <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm pumped because, first off, Vice City is probably my favorite GTA ever. If not, it's the L.A. one with the Crips and Bloods because that was sick. But, look, <laughs> Rockstar, as, as Luke said, please don't go ESG. Don't go woke on me. I need my racial slurs. I, when, the, when the Crips and Bloods were dropping N-bombs on each other, that was, the greatest, that was the greatest experience of my life. Do not, do not go woke on me, Rockstar. I beg of you. But, yeah, it looks beautiful. The graphics are incredible. I'm sure the gameplay is going to be crazy. I just hope the world still exists in 2025 so we can play it. Is wow. it going to be 2025 or is it going to, is that is that when it's going to come That's out? Cuz a lot of people are memeing right now, oh, this is going to be coming out in like 2029 or oh. like 2027 and it's like five more years guys, wow. you guys got this. S- but, but, is 25. But 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 it's been it's been so long already. I know. I know. And um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are chopping at the bits. But if you are, let's just say some kind of powerful elitist, what better way to control society by using the number one video game that every Everyone's dying to play and then implementing their kind of propaganda messages. Um, Mir, you're in the, the art sphere. You're in the, the kind of art artistic world yourself. What do you think of, of GTA and the larger kind of effects that it has on society? Well, it's looking fun and cool and awesome and all that, but I don't think it's very good for anyone. It's kind of like That's know, fair. corn syrup or something. <laughs> yes, or yes. Cancer. Um, I, I, I think that, um, you know, well, basically the world is the way it is because of what we believe. And, um, you know, if, if, if that is the influence, then more to come, you know? (laughs) Well, for me, for me, I mean, you're, you're totally right. It's certainly not the healthiest thing, but for me, because I am so immersed in the day to day of our political cycle, and yeah, it's, it's a just a fantastic fresh air, right? escape. It's just yeah, an escape. Exactly. I love it. I love just to get in the car and rip off up a mountain and then off of it and then jump into a plane and then yeah. parachute on top of a building and then rob a bank. You know, it's just it's just phenomenal. <laughs> Outlaw at heart. <laughs> yeah. So I like doing that for a couple of days and then I then I go back into reality. I think that's what I think that's a healthier way of handling it. A lot of people will not deal with it in a healthy fashion and they will play it for six months straight without leaving. Their well, bedroom I mean, and, you know, yeah. a, I'm just putting myself into a 14-year-old boy back in L.A., the things that influenced me as a graffiti writer and, a, you know, the gangs and that kind of vibe in L.A. And you talk about the Crips and the Bloods and all that stuff. I mean, this was my backyard I grew up in, and uh, I grew up off of Melrose and Highland, you know, like really yeah. in the, the middle spots. of it. And um, I have had to work very hard in my mature life to exercise out the influences that I accepted in at that age, Mm. because I didn't know what they meant in the context of my spirit or my consciousness. Mm. And I didn't know the paths they would take me down and people that could get hurt or, you know, just the, 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 the stigmas or the stains on your life or the, just the, yeah, just the karma 
Interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. You bring up you bring up a lot of important points because if you look at uh, video games, there is an aspect of escapism there. There is an aspect of people being obsessed to it to where they are wearing diapers and shitting and pissing themselves in front of the screens and not leaving yeah. their fucking chairs when their moms are literally bringing in fucking seed oil filled hot pockets so they could stuff their mouths in right. in between murdering hookers and and fucking robbing <laughs> banks virtually online. So there is an aspect of this yeah. that I think is is noting. I remember playing the GTA games even from I think like GTA 2 where the viewpoint was still down below and and then you it was it was just a very basic kind of crazy video game that let you run over people and there are larger aspects here what does that do to a kind of psychology yeah. especially of a young child some people argue that video games have been a net positive because it allows this kind of um, the, the, this this kind of uh, letting off of, of social pressures letting off of tensions letting off of any kind of like anxiety or bad feelings by yeah. doing make pretend things that are kind of off the wall and goofy. Some people argue that no, video games psychologically damage people and they make them kind of addicted to it, just like some uh, online pornography that also rewires the children's brain. So I, I think, you know, there's aspects of truth in both arguments. Sure. Um, some people point to the positive, some people point to the negatives. I think it all matters on the, on, on the individual and how you treat it yourself. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Was yeah. it the lifestyle? that already existed that influenced the video game makers or did the video game makers influence the kids' lifestyles? Right. And, uh, it's, you know, I mean, I think I know the answer to that is that the lifestyle already pre-existed, but it wasn't the purvey, purveying uh, ultimate reality for all children around the world to grow up in. Sure. But it got, but it got carbon copied and kind of sent out to the world and... And brought to everyone's doorstep, like that L.A. gangbanger, you know, create your own reality, Los Angeles, uh, 1990s kind of headspace yeah. that the Ice Cube and N.W.A. comes from. Easy. And, you know, you get all that kind but, of high energy and then suddenly, you know, every kid in the world wants to be that. You got kids sure. in Russia. It's like, yo, 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 what's up, bro? Yeah. You know, and you go to South Africa and you run into the same thing right. in Brazil and... And everyone wants to be a gangster. Everyone wants to be Tupac. Everyone wants to. But you know. it's not. It's not just NWA, and it's not just South Central. I mean, oh, yeah. Godfather was one of the most famous movies or movie series of all time. You have That's Goodfellas. Gang, gangbangers have been glorified. The deer yeah, gangbangers <laughs> have been glorified for decades. So I don't think that this should be laid at the at the feet of of South Central. I, for one, was extraordinarily inspired. I proudly consider myself a wigger from way back, and uh, I love. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Still is. <laughs> still is. <laughs> And I, I absolutely loved NWA. I loved Tupac. I loved the West Coast. Throw yeah. it up. Uh, you know, that was like, that was my scene. But the reality, the reality is I also grew out of it. It was like, it was an inspiration. Yeah. Did it, you? It, yeah. <laughs> I, I, be, I became an entrepreneur and funded hundreds of million dollars of loans. Obviously, I grew out of it a little bit. Uh, but I still love Tech 9 I still listen to the music sometimes. So Still pop-locking on yeah, the street still, corners still out there. Yeah, still pop-locking and, you know, I still keep shawty on, in, the, in, the cl in the cut. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you... Clint spins around with his ball head on the on like uh, the Amazon <laughs> gift boxes. Yo, yo you, lay out, you lay out some cardboard on the corner, yeah. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to B-boy for y'all. Uh, but look, <laughs> it, it can, as, as Luke was saying, I think it's about the individual. Can, can you use it as some sort of, uh, you know, cultural inspiration? 
inspiration that kind of broadens your horizon and, and makes you feel as if you know another community better than you once did, because that's how it made me feel. It also made me have really terrible preconceived notions about this community that like, oh, they're all gangbanging, and that's obviously false too. So um, I think it, you know you have to you have to evolve with the times, and you have to like realize like a lot of this is entertainment. I, I was actually yeah. just going to say. It was shown uh, just last week. Actually, it was it was reported that the CIA was allegedly responsible for funding some of NWA's early work. That they were actually trying to to lift up this culture because, for whatever their reasons were, I can't. I, we're not certain as to what their reasons were. Uh, but I agree, there is negative consequences, and and I I would say a few positive. Ones. Yeah, I, I mean, is it promoting a cultural of uh, kind of criminality and degeneracy? Is it promoting just horrible ideas that? of course, are meant to hurt civilization because what better way to, to hurt civilization than to, of course, kind of implement these ideas in a subconscious, subliminal way. Make it cool. Um, yeah. Make it cool, make it trendy, as, of course, you know, there's a woman here with her bazungas out in, Amer- in, in an American bikini, which uh, uh, automatically piqued my interest. It looks like there's a, a, a video here of a Karen being recorded <laughs> on what looks like Instagram Live. But uh, we are hearing from uh, some behind-the-scenes sources that this is a story of predominantly a single mother lead who, of course, is robbing banks in order to help her child. And when you look at the kind of scenes here from this trailer, it does look like she's the leader. She's the one who, of course, is leading the charge. She's the one who, of course, the guy is behind in multiple scenes. And it's kind of her story, her kind of narration here of what's going on here. And I'm just kind of wondering if it's going to be supporting some kind of girl boss kind of lead, just like, sadly, we see all over Hollywood, just like we saw Marvel, just like we saw Disney, just like we saw see all the corporate institutions kind of try to destroy this kind of example of womanhood and implement this new kind of high testosterone girl boss woman image that, in my opinion, has been absolutely detrimental to women all around. The twerker. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yes. I, I hope yes. I hope not, man. Because like, there's there is an example. Like, there is plenty of female leads. Uh, I always go back to Alien or Aliens uh, with Sigourney Weaver. Oh yeah. Uh, there's like really inspirational female leads, and she was she was classically a girl boss, I guess you could say. I really loved The Last of Us. Uh, I thought that was phenomenal until Episode Two came out, and then it was like, I'm gay, and you have we I have a girlfriend, and I, like I have to focus on that the whole time. Um, it's just like there's there's a way to do it where you can put the female as the lead without it being overbearing, and I just hope that they can find that 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 balance because I don't want to feel fucking guilty about being a man the entire time I'm playing this game because that's that tends to be the direction it ends up going. That's yeah, no, no, religion. absolutely. It is it is the new religion, and it is meant to, of course, divide people. It's meant to, of course, make people feel bad. It's meant to, of course, uh, destroy any kind of uh, civil participation that we used to have before. That used to be very harmonious. That no longer is anymore. It's it's yeah. very one sided. It's and very uh, diagonal. To go back to what Mir was saying about the the negative consequences of the the like the hip hop culture that was spread all over the world, um, I do think that there was something really really tragic about the bitches and hoes. And like keeping your bitch in check type of mentality and and really kind of abandoning your kids and not being there for your kids and how that's not really a priority. Uh, you know, a lot of that. And then obviously the criminality that came with drug, drug dealing, even though I think that should be legal. and I think it's kind of cool and you ought to deal, deal drugs. I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, there's some negatives, too, that uh, that came along with that culture. Well, I wouldn't call it hip hop culture. Hip hop, uh, yeah, it was gang banging culture. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, hip hop culture has um, some very positive, uh, uplifting For attributes sure. to it that that actually are just 
basic culture. Yeah. As a, and so, as some of them are, are real, real yeah. like they've been hits. You know, they've had real, real long careers. Too. And, the, and there's a lot of arguments that have been made that a lot of conscious kind of rap has been demoted, has been yeah. kind of attacked. Yeah. As there's a lot of really incredible individuals like KRS-One that I personally got to know, Freestyle Immortal Technique, uh, Mob Deep that yeah. Uh, yeah. we actually interviewed on youtube.com forward slash we are change. Um, Tupac. Um, the, the Illuminati, Kiluminati uh, kind of perspective of it. True. There, there, there is a lot of kind of serious conversations about a lot of the, the more positive, uplifting messages being censored. Yep. And a a lot of the kind of degeneracy bullshit. Here's some big titties and rims and bling bling uh, degeneracy that is being promoted. So is that is that a larger factor of maybe some kind of conspiracy, or is it just music industry insiders giving the people what they want? Well, how do you draw the lines? You know, I mean, giving it up to people like Saul Williams and uh, AC Alone and Micah Nine, these these type of MCs. Uh, uber uber hyper conscious and you know it's it's an artistry for them they're basically street prophet poets that were able to perform magic tricks in front of you with language take language to another level and make it rhythmical and entertaining and inspiring and insightful and basically almost have a spiritual awakening just by listening to some of this stuff because it was so profound and put life in such a total different perspective that was like, you know, like a moral technique does. He is fucking amazing. And I mean that, you know, some of some of his work is got to be some of the greatest hip hop songs ever because it, it speaks to the crux of the problem articulately with no fear, no holds barred. It nails it and it and it puts it into a perspective where a young child can can digest that and process it properly where school and their parents most of the time won't be able to do that for them. Yeah, Immortal Technique also helped us out tremendously when we were in New York City. We did a lot of fundraisers for Not 11 First Responders mm. that Immortal Technique actually came out to our events for free volunteered his time, brought out an incredible amount of people to come out to our concerts where all the proceeds were going to first responders. So shouts out to Immortal Technique. We interviewed him uh, um, many times on uh, the main YouTube broadcast. We also interviewed individuals like Lupe Fiasco that at the Obama inauguration uh, literally called out Barack Obama for being a drone bomber and killing innocent (laughs) civilians all over the world. (laughs) And then since then has essentially been kind of censored and attacked in the music industry when his music was kind of mainly line it was kind of very he was blown uh, up. blowing up incredibly i remember interviewing him at uh, occupy wall occupy wall street the stuff that he was saying was was very kind of deep but but i, I do believe that he got targeted for offending the obamas and then ever since then he's been kind of under attack in the music industry have you heard of payday monsanto yes of course <laughs> I did. yes 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 <laughs> Uh, Fire. Let, let me just say real quick, <laughs> Lupe Fiasco, that, that album or that like year that he was popping was fucking amazing. The music was so high quality and so deep and so real. And it was like, and then he was just gone. It was just like he huh. like like he had just been Lupe snapped Fiasco, out. I never heard of him. Oh, That's a new sick. one. I got to check him he's out. He's absolutely sick. Is he on that level? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh no, he was he was amazing. He was oh, amazing. Man, he he would he would talk about uh you know bombing Iraq and all all the military industrial complex shit. He was he was opposed to all of it. Brilliant brilliant writer. Great songs too. Like you could actually bop to them. They were like they're great. Uh, some other artists that I absolutely love. DMX for a time was right. was actually speaking like Get some, at me, dog. yeah. But yeah. he was speaking some like real spiritual shit like like street yeah. 
corner preacher shit. Yeah, man. And and it and it really it really reached a lot of people. And obviously he also had a bunch of like just banger street hood rat shit. But like, and I mean, it, you it was put the, when you put that shit up against like people like Drake. And right. like crap like that. Yeah. I mean, it's I a don't different even world. understand how ki- I don't even understand what kids see in these douchebags. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, these yeah. fools are so fucking pathetic. It's well, so sad. It's just bling crap. Yeah, what's weird? Well, I, I got to be honest. No I content. As a kid, I absolutely loved Cash Money, but listening back to it, I'm like, yeah, this is absolute garbage, but I loved it. You know, there, there's a, there, there's some superficial junk that came out in late 80s and mid 90s in the hip hop world that still had. They still had to learn the ropes before they got put on. Whereas right. now, kids don't have no connection to their history, and they get put on. And so True. the the well, the, it's like it's, it's the SoundCloud it's rapper generation. Like, yeah, and it's so fake and so contrived, yeah. no, and it's, it's just so put together. It, it it does seem like they will just pluck a dude out of obscurity and just like blow him up. But I will say this though, because of the like the diffuse uh, methods that people are found, like SoundCloud rappers, really put on a lot of genuinely independent rappers. I think it's all trash. I don't like any of it, mm. but I like the fact that we are now in this in this era where you don't need a label to blow up you don't need a tv channel to sign you necessarily but they can still like it'll keep you from being a household name but you can make a career without actually signing to a label and that's kind of a new development but a lot of the music is trash a lot of it is like someone it's like a toothless hick just trying to make it we're we're also old men it ain't for us it's a bit of an illusion though that you got independence now because you know we really had independence when they dropped the laptop you know, and when mm. they drop digital cameras and they drop digital recording devices and, and shit like that, you know, like mm. kids got to experiment. It's like, you know, where chat GPT was and where it's at now. Sure. Um, there's a Wild West period where there was a lot of freedom. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, yeah, sure. You got all the freedom. You can do whatever you want. But, but don't it's say like, that. But well, you're throwing it into the wind in a sense of so much noise now. True. That, everyone's independent no one cares about you anymore because they care about themselves and no one cares about them either and so it's just all these people making noise and it's not really hitting the level of where anyone wants it to hit because you still got the distribution you still yeah. got the gatekeepers out there yeah. well you have so the, you, you have want, the, you have the apple music so you have the apple podcast the youtubes of the world yeah, all, the, all these yeah. gatekeepers I, I completely agree with golden you. voice but but it still is different because like like uh, Tech Nine, Tom McDonald, these guys have have stayed independent or or gone on a label and then become independent. Tom McDonald, that dude's banging. Yeah, he's banging. And but I mean, Tech Nine's been doing it for fucking thirty years, right. and he's and he's got like twenty albums that are gold. It's fucking crazy. Um, these guys have have made themselves extraordinarily rich, and it's just based off of merit and talent. And the labels have not uplifted them. They've they've even you know find found a way to navigate the YouTube parameters or the Apple uh, you know iTunes parameters. From even years being ago. on the top forty for like. Yeah, years at a time. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's incredible. Crazy. So, so I agree with you that it, it because we there's now so many options. It's an incredibly competitive space. But it's the yeah. same thing with the podcast world. It's like you have you have one Joe Rogan, or maybe you have a Lex Friedman, or a Tim Pool, or some, and then you have you know us. And then you have a, a trillion other people that are beneath that, and it's like it's very competitive. But once you once you catch on, it can take yeah, off. I was going to ask you, Mira, what, what what is it like in the art world? Because you've been in this world for a very long time. You've been kind of breaking the matrix, uh, the conditioning with your own kind of art. We're, we're pulling some of it up. I think one of the most controversial pieces that you did that received a lot of criticism, but also a lot of praise, is specifically the Monopoly table oh, one, yeah. where you have all the banksters on the table with the slaves holding the table. 
table up. Um, can can you tell us about what inspired this specifics of it? <laughs> kind of got got a little more real with it myself and my maturity, and uh, as it crossed paths with my political and historical narrative it all kind of built a new vision for me and that vision was that i was on an airplane on the way to london to do a little art gig out there and i was thinking to myself what would i do what can i do i gotta do something that's gonna make some noise took a world war ii bomb <laughs> it was a dilapidated building and you how know, long did it take you to, to create something that was like just this? like three days wow you know and just some pocket change at a local paint shop and someone gave me permission for the wall and the gangbangers came by and tried to beat me up because they thought I was doing a pro uh, Illuminati thing because all they could see was the pyramid at first. And I said, come back tomorrow and waffles. <laughs> and I was the homie. And then the owners of the property showed up and um, they started asking, what are you doing in our country doing this? You don't even have permission. And uh, it turned into, you know, I mean, I was criticizing money. I was criticizing consumerism, and I was cons I was criticizing. And a business suit walked up and crossed my mural out and no. wrote Hagana, Hagana, What's which that? was a paramilitary group that killed Palestinians when Israel was first Whoa. implemented. And so they wrote it over my piece, like, you know, like, we're coming for you. F fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you? And into I was being called an anti sem good stuff. And, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that. It, it turned into like, you know, long story short, a lot of interesting people even got in the conversation, like Jeremy Corbyn, and they called him an anti Semite so for supporting me. And that just continued to expand. And, um, you know, your normal person would have been canceled. It off. says, if you can't see anti-Semitism, it's time to open your eyes. And you have this, you have this <laughs> Let smug, us force this down your throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this <laughs> smug-looking, effeminate soy boy here, just gleefully looking into the camera here. Like, he can't stop looking at himself. And then, of course, we have your mural. And then we have the, the conversation piece that, of course, was started there. That was, you know, an art piece that has become kind of notorious. Because yeah. of because of the ideas and the concepts, art that is just fascinating. That's very thought provoking. The one with uh, Maria Marina Abrovich oh, is yeah. uh, is another one. With you got, of course, Dr. Fauci sitting in his lap. You got Mark Zuckerberg as well. And I, th I think a lot of people will be asking, why is Marina Abrovich kind of this head central figure? So I was wondering what what your well, kind of explanation would be of that. You know, I, I needed I needed a symbol to block out the light, and um, hmm. she's a witch, and um, her her witchcraft in the art world, especially, comes off very propagandist. Like she's she's a tool of the of the of the elites to influence um, the entertainers and the. Uh, She's the influence. Um, th there is a lot of people describing her as this kind of side of darkness, while her brother represents a side of, of light and allegedly is a part of some kind of secret uh, society, a, a part of the Tesla knowledge that yeah, is still that. In, the, in the orbit as well. I actually went to... Um, they were doing some interesting tests on me, and they were doing the test. I'm like, whoa, whoa, look at him. Look at him. I, don't, I had no idea what they were saying because they were all speaking Serbian. Okay. And I'm like... 
okay. And I interviewed like, I one pass? person <laughs> in Brooklyn English, but uh, they connected me to some weird devices and did some weird tests. So uh, it was definitely fascinating. But there's there's so much. I, I think you explain so much through your art, but there's so much kind of ancestral kind of ancient kind of advanced stuff that a lot of people aren't privy to. I don't even know how to start this conversation other than kind of asking you, what's your biggest kind of viewpoint that you would say is controversial when it comes to this space of deeper down the rabbit hole knowledge that is not kind of available to the general public? I know it's a loaded question. I mean, I love like, this. Yeah. This is, I mean, you know, I'm just, uh, I love digging into this stuff and looking around to the weird areas and the alternatives. I'm, I'm fascinated with alternatives. Um, I love finding archetypes that exist in, in life and in my mind and in our psychology and, and understanding them and, and kind of, it's like there's, well, it's the matrix and it's it's figuring out how to penetrate it and crack in and break into it and extrapolate and then expose and share that with people and also articulate and kind of sh explain it to people so that they understand what they're looking at. Because a lot of times people will see things and they won't understand it like chemtrails. Uh, you know, I'll be out there looking at stuff, talking shit to the streets <laughs> like, do you fucking see this? God <laughs> Damn, what's wrong with you? And someone's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, what are you not seeing? That airplane right there is fucking up my beautiful Santa Ana day in Los Angeles. What it do you mean? Be. That's just a normal thing. No, those are clouds. I'm like, no, those are not clouds. Oh, it's exhaust. No, that's not exhaust. You know, so, you know, I think um, just just finding that, finding that alternative path and... Um, just learning how to articulate it is key. Yeah, no, of course. I want to help. I think that's I what a, help. I think that's what a great <laughs> artist does is they they allow people to see something that that was right in front of them that they didn't realize realize that they were looking at. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, you're obviously inspired and, and you do a lot of artwork about people that you're not fond of. Abramovich, on the other hand, when she does these sort of ritualistic things that look like cannibalism, human sacrifice, child abuse. I'm curious because she does have some connections. She has been commissioned by people that have been, this is my understanding, that they have actually been found guilty of cannibalism and child mm. sacrifice and all sorts of craziness. Uh, do you think that her art is is actually derived from things she's witnessed firsthand? Yeah. Yeah, I think that she, I think that her her um, philosophy that she sees life as is a it, it derives from very dark material. And when you involve yourself in enough dark material, uh, the reality just composes around you. Yeah, consumes you know, suddenly you. you're hanging out with Jacob Rothschild in front of a painting called Lucifer Rising or something. Yes, you know which Abri Marina Abrovimich was seen with that particular yeah. painting. I'm going to pull it up right yeah, now. As yeah. Of course, she's also the advisor for Vladimir Zelensky. Exactly. As, as she became the official ambassador to Ukraine and That's is so going crazy. to be rebuilding the, the schools in that particular country because, you know, who else better to rebuild schools than someone who literally ushers in demons through piss and shit on walls? Like, well, it's like are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull up this image because it's also another crazy image of Lord Jacob Rothschild who yep. we confronted by the way uh, yeah. with Marina Abramovich with this huge sinister painting in the background yes. that uh, I think foretells uh, a, a lot of very interesting kind of perspectives and visuals here that do deserve to be called out. Well to look into these people it's amazing. They truly are 
uh, ideologically fixated on dark philosophy. Number one, they they read this this stuff. You know, they 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 study it. Uh, I, I don't believe that these people are spiritually um, awake. Uh, there's a lot of earth and mother nature and life and humanity that they don't really understand. It just kind of goes over their head like they couldn't care less about it. But hmm. um, Do you think that they're actually... I got they, the image here pulled up before, Clint, before you asked sure. your question here, but uh, let me pull and move this image in a way so everyone could see it. But it's specifically <laughs> Marina Abramovich with Lord Jacob Rothschild <laughs> with uh, a painting that is called Satan Summoning His Legions. There we go. That's literally <laughs> the painting name. It's even um, worse. Yes. Uh, yeah, a I lot thought, of people I say it's Lucifer Rising. That's even better. Yeah, Satan yeah. Summoning. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird. <laughs> weird stuff here that you know we I'm, I'm hey we're on rumble we could don't go down the rabbit hole here but a lot of people say that she's being influenced by alistair crowley yeah she's the alistair crowley of today what yeah, do you think of that? I, I mean absolutely i mean all these people are all into the same stuff epstein was into it his his family or his 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 uh, not his family but his his associates from <laughs> Everything like the Mossad to whatever else. I mean, all these groups are really seriously into dark philosophy. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, you watch Hollywood films and stuff like Eyes Wide Shut used to try to expose a little bit of this for the entertainment's sake and make some money on it, meanwhile. And <laughs> but, I heard, but I heard huge portions of that entire movie were just totally deleted. And yeah. that there was even deeper, crazier deeper, scenes yes. in there yeah. that were totally on the cutting room it was floor that they were like... Light. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we got a small glimpse into it. If you haven't watched yeah. that movie, go watch that movie. It's it's eye-opening. Yes, it is. Least, it is. You know? It's it eyes is. wide shutting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would imagine that they left some of the, the child abuse on the cutting room floor. It, it, uh, like, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think that's probably where he went with it. And they were like, eh, too far. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious, do you think that these people... I mean, I, I've always been of the belief, and perhaps I'm wrong, I certainly could be, that this whole Satanism, nons it's nonsense to me. I, 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 don't, I don't see it as being a real source of power and all this stuff. I know a lot of people believe in it. Uh, clearly, many of these people do. Do you? I, 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 I see it as um, there is the world of the archetypes that we all learn about, like God and the devil, and there's these... You know, and, and then there's like a much deeper level of mm. of of knowing what you're doing is wrong and yeah. doing it anyways because you don't care. And the the karma and the the uh, the, the well your own personal human development is is in a state of of, of rotting and yep. decay yep. while you're going through that. And yeah, I, I do think, th I mean, here's the bottom line. There's, and, and I believe, I've never believed in God as a man on a throne. I've always believed in God as the space between all matter that yeah. connects everything. Yeah. And that's, that's kind pure of, that's my perception. And too. that's pure consciousness. And yeah. that's what's ru running our systems. Right. And it runs those systems too. I just think it's the polar opposite end of, of the beneficial side of that system. Mm. And it has to exist. It's what a dead body on the side of the road 
will stink forever unless it decays and rots and falls apart. So it's a, it's a necessary aspect of our world. But when you choose to worship that perspective and eliminate everything else, that's what a Marina Baranovich is doing. She's eclipsing the light. And when right. you eclipse the light, whether you believe in it as an entity or a philosophy or not, it doesn't really make a difference hmm. because it's the reality that you're responsible for expressing. Hmm. Yeah. A, a lot of this is uh, a death cult. A lot of this yes. is black magic. A lot of this yeah. is using a lot of kind of bastardized ancient wisdom as a way for self-gratification and egotistical kind of delusions of grandeur that they perpetrate, perpetrate by trying to get as much power for themselves by feeding this kind of endless beast that they have been summoned in. So I, I do believe that this is a spiritual war, that this is absolutely a fight between good and evil. I do believe yeah. that we will be judged. I do believe that we are more than just energetic kind of frequencies, but these frequencies and energies could be intertwined, intermingled, and messed with with interdimensional beings that I do believe exist. I do believe there's demons. I do believe there's angels. Yeah. You can open yourself up through many different ways to these larger kind of spiritual aspects of it. Some people break through the veil through psychedelics. Some of them do it through uh, different kind of ceremonies. But there's, there's people out there in this world in very high positions of power that are extremely true believers in this and use rituals, use specific dates, use mm. numerology, use the occult, use certain kind of seances in, in order to, of course, get to where they are right now. It's, and, it's and like baking a cake. Yeah. You exactly. got to have ingredients to bake a cake. You got to know the right percentages of everything. Otherwise, you end up with a waffle or something. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or a loaf of bread. How many How many child sacrifices does it make? Does it take to make a cake? <laughs> and, well, and who wants that cake at the end of the day? Jesus or, or, Christ. Or, or an emperor or something. Yeah, right? I, I mean, when you look at the, some of these images, like holy frick! I mean, what else do What else do the images tell you? Like, it's just it's pretty clear. It's pretty self evident in, in many of these cases. Um, that there is a lot more going on here in the spiritual realm, in the energetic realm, especially especially th this lady, what is she, 70 years old? Yeah. Look how absolutely young she looks. Yeah. And, and let's, yeah. let's give her That's credit where credit's due. She looks like she's like 30, 40 uh, in, in a lot of her photos. So clearly... She's doing something that a, a lot of people aren't getting kind that, of privy get, to. But but when you look at adre adre adrenaline chromanium, <laughs> yes, chromanius. Yes. Yes. We're on Rumble. We could say we could say, <laughs> we could say whatever we want. Now. Uh, but but um, yeah, when you look at a lot of the sacrilegious stuff, when you look at a, a lot of the attacks against uh, modern kind of religion and its values, you do see that as an over uh, kind of whelming theme when it comes to a lot yeah. of the art that they produce. I mean, you're an <laughs> artist. Um, how do you blur, how do you not blur the lines? How do you make sure that your 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 art is a representation of something good and and positive? And is that even something that you're striving for? Yeah, it is, and I think it 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 comes down to come some of that anarchic personal responsibility that you know you I I've been an asshole, I've been a jerk, I've lied, I've stolen, I've I've hurt people, I've done bad things in my life, and I've tried to make amends for those things and I've tried to learn why I should make an amends for them and why I should make conscious change in myself you know being a graffiti writer our whole daily life was basically wake up go to school ditch and go and steal spray paint steal cigarettes sell them for weed <laughs> get high go paint 
go vandalize, go steal more shit, and eventually beat the kids up that are crossing out your artwork and, <laughs> you know, somehow make it home before mom is freaking out and thinking <laughs> you're dead or something. And then starting it all over again the next day. And That's, a, that's an and, unusual structure for an apprenticeship, but it sounds like it, it, it turned out all right. <laughs> it, was it was an adventure that uh, no one knew that existed, but it was right there just waiting for a group of kids to take hold of it, yeah. I guess, you know? Well, I a curious uh, question for you because yeah, I, I'm just guessing that you have some experience with psychedelics. I don't even know if you do, but yeah, uh, it seems as if you know. I, I've always been fascinated by the archetypes that we see in the psychedelic world mm. and how they they are fairly universal, even across cultures, across language barriers, across time. You see a lot of the stories that were written in biblical times. It seems as if it was probably a DMT trip yeah. that was inspiring it. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that is evidence of the realm that's always around us that we can't see? And is it, I mean, I'm just curious. Just go where, wherever you want. Yeah, I mean, God, uh, you know, psychedelics is, um, it's like the ultimate truth serum. Uh, it's the ultimate fact checker. Yeah. <laughs> fact you check know? real. You know? Some people say it's also a portal to the interdimensional world that we get a preview to once we're, um, you know, on those particular substances, depending on the substances as well. Again, not uh, advice here. Don't take what what I say here with, uh, take what I say here with a grain of salt. Always do your own homework. Always do your own research. Always fact check everything because, you know, I, I, I want to be careful here because I, I do believe energetically there's a lot of things that we don't understand here. And I, yeah. I think we have to be careful with what we play around with and what we toy with because I think there also could be some negative consequences with people thinking that they're doing something good and then they can be led down a road where they're actually hijacked by something bad. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not an advocate for the legalization of psychedelics, nor am I an advocate of the way that certain aspects of our culture is pushing psychedelics as the ultimate healing savior that's going to save humanity. I think that psychedelics speaks to those in, in, in the right time that they need it in life, especially when it's illegal and it's rare to come by and it's like this special thing that you experience. But when it's readily available at the liquor store and it's being shoved down everyone's throat and promoted like this, mm -hmm. the lack of, of humanity in the world right now is not a healthy school for young children to be learning about psychedelics through. It's a horrible reality. It could, and, could yeah. be argued that the, the cultural rot we're experiencing is a lack of a spiritual path. Yes. And, and perhaps the psychedelics would help with that too, though. Well, you know, I... Um, well, it I'm also not, depends what, because you could go on the corner here and you could get fake mushrooms that yeah. are just like a one small atom different than actual real mushrooms. And then you could just you just take it. It's legal. It's right. totally fine. Right. And you might end up like, uh, you know, retarded for the rest of your yes. life because yes. of that shit too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, this is uh, the, the only reason I was pushing back is because I personally am a believer in full legalization. I think that we have control over our bodies and I, I think that we should have the right to take it if we want to. I agree with you that it's a tremendously perilous path and that you ought to take it with that level of seriousness if you're going to take it at all. Yeah. Um, but I just don't want to see people put behind fucking bars because they took it. That's all. I don't want to see that either. Um, but I, I do worry about the, um, the uninitiated right it becoming uh, common mind perspective yes yeah. and uh and and also you know from s just the sex and drugs and rock and roll of reality it's like um a lot of people have turned psychedelics into a rave party instrument where they are so absent in life they uh 
I mean, I see some of the stuff on Instagram that people think is cool, and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> what are you doing, man? You're embarrassing humanity. Don't do this. <laughs> well, my, I feel like Steph wants to say something. Um, well, no, I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and there are a lot of things that I'm thinking about. But um, in terms of the psychedelics and things, I feel like there are certain people that need it at certain times, especially if someone is really struggling and maybe someone is feeling like really depressed and they are known to help people in those states. Um, and there's different kinds. I feel like w regulation is one topic that I'm not really about. I would say more it's just about the right setting, about education. Yep. I yeah. think we need more education on psychedelics and really what this is. And I think it also has to do with what Luke is saying, where like we don't really understand. A, m the majority of the population does not understand the energetics that are at play. M the majority of the population does not are not taught to to see what this is about, to question their realities and ask, like, right. what is life about? Like, why am I here? Am I um, am I what am I meant to do? Well, we haven't been primed properly for it either, you know. Um, I think that uh, if if philosophy was a more uh, important subject matter in everyone's life to have a healthy philosophical perspective on reality, I think that would be a step in the right direction. If we practiced meditation and self-awareness and self-accountability yep. and uh, we, we, we learned our language better and learned what we actually mean when we're trying to communicate and what what the repercussions of our of our thoughts are to each other then i think we'd be ready for psychedelics I, but, um, I've I've always found that the best guides are people that are trippers themselves like cuz yeah, cuz yeah. like those are the people that that really have they've gone they've seen the the light and the dark in that process and they're like yo Take this seriously. Let me help. Let me help with the dosage. Let me help with the the setting, the place, who you're who you're going to be around, your mindset as you go in. Um, I think that's a really important aspect of it. But the reason I was asking, and, you and I just want to interject with one point here: if Ian Crossland ever comes to you with a brownie <laughs> and offers it to you, you say, "Fuck off, you dirty hippie! Get the fuck away from Don't me right now! It. Don't fucking take it! I Don't want to sleep for a week." That, that was an important interjection. This is this could save a life. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just thinking about the like the iconography or the the things that people see so consistently on psychedelic trips, whether it be the the halo, the energetic halo around people's heads, the the third eye, the yeah. the chakras, all that. Um, or you can see devils and and you Jesus, know, or, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, or or I saw Jesus on mushrooms the other night. <laughs> and are you are you hallucinating those things, or is that a, an, another reality that's opening up to right. you? So these are these questions that people don't have any resources or education either to actually know what is real from what is not, but and I that's what confuses. It opens the eyes, but also brings more questions. So right. There are people that have delved through and really like practice these things to be able to be those guides. And I feel like that would be a really good way to help uh, some of the, like the depression and like those kind of suicidal it, it can be. people and things like this. It, it can well, be. It can be. But it, it can also push people over the edge if they're hanging on by a thread. So it's like you got to be very cautious. Well, yeah. That video game we were just looking at, you know, kids playing that 
and 7-Eleven is their favorite place to go and get their nutrition at. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, you just go down that pathway and then end up with psychedelics, and I don't think there's going to be a spiritual awakening. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I think, I think you definitely bring up a good point because a lot of people's bodies... Uh, let's let's change the camera here for a second. A lot of people's bodies are, are poisoned. A lot of people's yes. brains are not working properly. <laughs> their guts goods. are just absolutely leaky, and they're fucking Ooh. damaged where they're not even creating the right serotonin and dopamine levels. Now you add that to the fact of just off-market psychedelics that are just one atom away from being real psychedelics. Yeah. Holy fucking cow, you have a recipe for disaster and something to turn around and be extremely negative and uh, uh, just, a, a, just a fucking sh- shit wind of, of fucking bullshit coming at the, the youth of this country that are being raised in, in an absolutely fucked up uh, surrounding. Well, but I just wanted to ask you, because you studied a lot of art, uh, art mythology, advanced civilizations, ancestral graffiti. What, what would you say was some of the biggest learning lessons from your studies in those specific regions? Well, uh, just recently, this past uh, uh, little while, I've been adventuring through the Southwest, finding my fascination in some of the ancient petroglyphs and pictographs and uh, ancient structures around America. Are they native tribes or even prior? Mostly native, okay. but but there is some stuff that may be prior. Interesting. Uh, like... Um, uh, this uh, what is it? Is it is it Winnemucca? Yeah, the, in Win, Winnemucca, there's a twelve thousand year old petroglyphs, for instance, Whoa. and it's kind of hard to really wrap your mind around who was that, you know? Um, Do they have any idea? Like what? What? Yeah, what people? Yeah, I mean, they think that they are of a of a of an archaic Native American that may have come over the Bering Straits. Interesting. Because you know? wasn't it 12,000 years ago that there was the Ice Age? Yeah, it was the Younger Dryas, yeah. the, the Great Apocalypse. So they, the they were the people that came over right after that? According to the groupthink, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I do mean, you they, think? What do well, you think? I mean, you know, the groupthink would have us all believe that we all came out of Africa. And why would a population all over the planet come from one part of the planet well, and I think- not populate all over just like plants and trees would just start popping up when the nutrients were right you know and i don't think all snakes came from one snake in madagascar i don't think that all elephants came from one pygmy element elephant (laughs) in some island off of south america or so wherever it would be you know like this world has been changing constantly and the idea that advanced technology is where we're currently at is just a myth you know it's a lie um there's so much mystery out there that requires um just an open mind that's not polluted with this pre-educated pre-approved bs kind of take it's all of it's basically a a post religion um neo religion which is science now the neo religion it's it's all co-opting all of our greatest attributes and turning them against us you know i, I think that's such a good and, point and and so to take it back to what have i learned these petroglyphs are freaking amazing because there are certain petroglyphs that you can find that are identical on every continent on this planet like the squatter man for instance which is a a curved line this way and a curved line below it with a a vertical line kind of representing a man or a woman making a squatting kind of standing there and um, 
a lot of people uh, like liken that right now to an electromagnetic event that was seen in the sky. And then there's more attachment to it, you know? You can look at it as one of the first archetypes of God when the planets and when an event took place that was supernatural and terraforming to our world and, you know, uh, developing our human consciousness through the process and, mm -hmm. and, and paying respect to it and, and learning to call it God in a sense. And so I see like some of these petroglyphs are the archaic original symbols to everything that we are. Our entire cos cos cosmology is represented here. Interesting. You know? Well, I've always, I've always found it fascinating that there is this, uh, this tendency for new ideas. There's actually a name for it. I forget what it is, but there's this tendency for new ideas that are being worked on by groups of scientists that are, this is before the internet, mind you. So like there's no quick communication. There's no capacity for instanta instantaneous transfer of information, but there will be an, uh, a quantum leap in innovation that, that transpires within days, weeks, or months of each other in different parts of the earth. And it's like, it's like, what the fuck is happening there? You know, yeah. like, well, we, we couldn't figure this out for all of human history. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the Chinese and the British got it within weeks of each other. It's like, it, it's, like it's almost as if there's kind of some kind of larger interdimensional, exactly. interenergetic exactly. kind of creatures that are speaking to us and summoning <laughs> us. And we're speaking through. Yeah. Well, this, you're going oh. the demon route. I'm going like ethereal realm. Like we're demon like or angels. Yes. But well, I'm, this, I'm going there's like there's a, a level of knowledge that's above us. That's like a collective knowledge base. That's kind of what I yeah, and well, that's allegedly where Tesla uh, uploaded a lot of his technological advancements and was in communication with, and that's why he had so much advanced technology before anybody else. Wow. Well, there's this cat I've really gotten into recently. His name is Rupert Sheldrake. He's a PhD, and he has this um, philosophy on on scientific philosophy on reality called morphogenic resonance. And what he's claiming is that space that's between all atoms and all matter and all physical something that registers on a machine, the space that's between that is where the consciousness resides and it's where all the creative force that creates everything is at. And so it is like this uh, consciousness is a wave washing through us in a sense. Mm. And things... When they happen to one person, they quite possibly happen to all of us at once. It's just we're not all conscious of it. Interesting. So because we're all connected, we're all like yeah, in, yeah. in this philosophy of the morphogenic reality. There is nothing real. Nothing is real. It's all uh, agreements and compilements of of electromagnetic pressure and force hmm. forming a. A body and that thinks it's alive and it's got an ego and it's 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 thinking like I'm me but meanwhile I'm completely submerged in this outer reality that is influencing every aspect of everything I'm experiencing so well I, I you know Rogan talks about this all the time I, I love the idea of having having uh, ideas that are like in between the atoms because it does there is this this during a period of inspiration, as an artist, I'm sure you can relate to this, where you'll just have this kind of epiphanous moment of creation where you're just like, I now know what I need to do here. And mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's like, it's not, there's no conscious path. Like you may, you may be attempting to complete a piece, but it will still be this kind of epiphanous moment where you're just like, here it is. 
right. now know the direction I'm going. And it's like, it does feel as if it comes through the ether. That's how Rogan always describes yeah. it. He's like, I'll get high and I'll just fucking, I'll just know the end of this joke. I'll know the punchline. <laughs> I'll know the filler. You know, I'm not thinking it. It just happens. And I've, I've always, uh, you know, found that a, a fascinating concept in the creation process. Well, that's what many artists and authors and creators always kind of talk about. They talk about how there's something that is just energetically happening to them that they can't explain that they become vessels to and then right. their art and their expression and their jokes or stories or art becomes uh, an expression of something else outside of them channeled. that channeled them. Yeah. 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 Duck, Duck and Trestle calls uh, himself an antenna. That's so do you, exciting. Do you, are you going through, do you go through similar stuff when you do your art? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the way I create, I don't sit down and start thinking like a brick wall. My paintings don't come together like a constructed brick wall of my own personal thoughts. And then there it is. It's more like um, I'm experiencing uh, 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 an epiphany on, on a perspective or I'm feeling something because of an action or an event that took place or I'm reflecting on subject matter. Mm. And therefore this thing arrives it's just it's like i'm a i'm i'm out of focus mm -hmm. and by stopping my thinking process my i start to the the vision just starts to focus naturally and i'm like whoa what is this oh my god no way that's uh, that was yesterday this is today that's tomorrow oh my god i got oh, yeah, no i know i don't want to say this is it this so is it. Are, are you saying that it's not like a cerebral process that it's more of like a flow state where you're not really thinking about the art that you're doing and it just comes together to surprise you i think you the cerebral way? aspect is the illusion that traps humans too readily you know we're too quickly ah oh, that was my idea mm -hmm. ah, i thought of it first mm -hmm. and i think that the real truth is that when you back away from your thinking and you stop thinking the vision still shows up beautiful yeah, when i when i go on my rants and conversations a lot of the times i'm like holy shit that was well said holy shit i didn't even know about this before where did it come from I'm, I'm like where the fuck did that come like from like i'm like where the fuck i'm like holy shit I, you know the whole um, yeah. like marina brovermit stuff i was like holy shit i didn't even know that but i was fucking saying it <laughs> yeah and I, but i was just in this fucking moment where i'm just like well, fucking flowing i'm like what the fuck where did that fucking that's, come from that's what channeling means you know a lot of people are like, oh i'm a channeler come pay me money and listen to me talk bullshit man we're all channeling <laughs> That's right. what's happening right. here, man. Yeah, we got some. We got some very <laughs> interesting. Idiot. Yeah, uh, 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 we got some you interesting. Ain't special. We got some very interesting comments. One from OJ did nothing wrong, who says uh, the Clockwork Elves took fifteen percent of Clint's testosterone. Which is, <laughs> and then, and then we, <laughs> the comments here the are DMT just absolutely uh, awesome. I love the Rumble uh, rants and I love the Rumble <laughs> chats. We got another Rumble rant from Bodega Wi-Fi, who says, "What's your opinion?" on Tim's Israel's bootlicking. Is he compromised or just a victim of audience capture? Sad to see what his show has become. Um, I haven't been watching his show as consistently as I do. I usually like to watch it myself. Uh, I think it's still the same show. Um, whether you like Tim or you don't like Tim, you got to admit he at least allows people to have the conversation. I saw one viral clip of him pushing back against uh, this other kind of guest. The guest was kind of not uh, strongly asserting it, and he was kind of backing down this larger assessment and point that Benjamin and Yahoo knew that the attacks uh, were coming, and there was a whole big contention around that was particular issue. Um, no, I think it was something, someone else. I think it was a younger kid that there was a big debate on. Oh, I know. But who, but yeah. but but at least 
give Tim credit where credit's due. He's willing to have the conversations. He's willing to have on some of the most controversial figures when it comes to this entire topic. And he's willing to give them a, a podium to discuss their ideas in an unfiltered, honest, intellectual way. So uh, whether you like Tim or you don't like Tim, at least give him props for having those conversations to such a wider audience that you naturally wouldn't uh, have if it wasn't for, for Tim hosting these kind of conversations. I, I got to chime in on this because... Uh, I, I understand why some people would be maybe upset with Tim's take on this, but let me just add, he's had on Scott Horton, Dave Smith, me twice, uh, Angela McCardle, Michael Rexenwald, all of these libertarians, which are all, I would say, more in alignment with the grievances from the Palestinian side than the Israeli side. He's done that in the past month. I mean, that's an incredible guest list for someone who's allegedly licking Israel's boots. It's an absurdity. He's obviously still having an open mind, an open conversation about this. He still leans America first. I think, I think while I have my differences of opinion, he's been totally reasonable on this topic. So, you know. You're not going to agree with anybody on everything. Yeah. So that was the Rumble rants. That was the conversations. Uh, I really liked OJ did nothing wrong's comments. Fuck uh, you, OJ. (laughs) (laughs) My my testosterone is doing just fine. OJ, you piece of shit. And OJ absolutely did something wrong. You lunatic. Hey, it's a very creative username, and uh, we we appreciate your participation in the chat. We appreciate everyone signing up to Rumble.com and subscribing to this channel. As of course, we have a week's full of really interesting. Interesting guests tomorrow. Josie, the redheaded libertarian. (laughs) Wednesday, Vinny, who of course is from Patrick Bed David's crew of Valuetainment, is also going to be here. Then the following week, Clint is going to be taking over. I am going to be in New Hampshire with Vivek Ramaswamy and with Tucker Carlson in Phoenix, Arizona. So lots of really fun things coming through uh, this channel and a lot of other stuff. I'm going to be calling in and uh, truly uh, subscribe to this channel. We're going to have a lot of really, really fun things coming here your way on rumble.com forward slash we are change. Mir, this was a, a really fun, fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. I know we, I know you're very short for time. I know there's a little difficulties with scheduling. We kind of got a little heart attack last night because <laughs> you couldn't come. And I'm like, no, I really want you to come. And there's a lot of other people coming here. So thank you so much for, for coming here. You have an art show. How can people check out more of your art and support you as an artist? Well, I have, uh, during Art Basel week here, I've got my opening. It'll be up for a few months. It's at the Museum of Graffiti in Miami. It's The opening is uh, 11 a.m. Uh, Wednesday morning, December 6th, and uh, it's called Metaphysical Surrealism, and that some of the paintings that we were talking about are going to be in there, and I'm on... Will they all. be for sale? Yes. Nice. Well, hey... Go check this man's workout. He's been working on this for years. It's going to be such a cool moment for him. He was talking to me before the show, so I'm going to go over the top of it and say, y'all got to come out and check him out. Yeah, yeah. transcendental art. To, Can to anyone attend, or is there like tickets or something? There is. Uh, there's tickets for the VIP uh, at 11 till, what was it, 1, one I think. Yep. And then after that, everyone's welcome. And it, it'll be going for days. I mean, during the whole Art Basel experience here in Miami, every day my show is going to be pumping. And it's going to probably be up into, through February also. So Incredible. If you yeah. can't make it out now and you've got a Great. chance next month or so, we'll still cool. be 